Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man. I have a great guest today. Uh, I'm going to allow him uh, to introduce himself. He is very active in his community, and today we're going to have a conversation uh, that I have entitled The Blueprint. Uh, it's hopefully uh, a conversation that will transform lives. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to allow Mr. Houston White to introduce himself. Uh, hello, everybody out there. Uh, my name is Houston White. I'm the owner of HWMR. It's a lifestyle brand uh, based in the heart of what we call Camden Town in uh, North Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I'm just a young kid trying to make uh, good on a promise that I made to my mom a long time ago. Um, and that is um, that I would let God's gift make room for me. Um, and I'm trying to share my gifts uh, and inspire my community um, to evolve and realize that we have everything that we need. Um, and, you know, we can prosper uh, without begging for others' scraps from the table, but we, we, we can build our own table. Absolutely. Um, I have so many questions. Um, and just, you know, thinking of community building um, and the strengthening of our communities, um, I, I, so many different things run through my mind. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, as far as your efforts um, and outcomes that you've uh, been able to have in your community? What do you think is uh, or has been most effective uh, up to this point? You know, up, up to this point, I would say um, authenticity. Um, I think oftentimes we feel um, as if we have to follow a, a blueprint, right? Like social right. services of some sort and people you know, there's a way that this kind of work gets done. Like we build our communities through um, philanthropy foundations, so on and so forth. And 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 look, I, I'm not against that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not knocking anybody that does that. But at the end of the day, nobody can cook collard greens like Grandma, right? And so right. that recipe came from. Her, 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 prop more than likely her mom's understanding of how to make things that weren't necessarily the best ingredients taste good, and so we have that within us, within our DNA, right? Um, and so understanding that we are culture, um, you know, for me, the authenticity of being like grandma and aunties and all those people before they were just being themselves and i i think some of that has been lost and for me i've made it a point to try to talk about um who we are at our core and i think it's resonated with people um and 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 it's caught a lot of buzz and a lot of attention from not only people from within our community but people also outside of our community because i'm a barber which means I transact probably 96, 97, 98% of the money that I make from people who look just like me. So I don't have to step and fetch or I don't have to sugarcoat uh, my reasoning or answers, but independent. So um, I just think that that's been really helpful as far as just being able to be um, very authentic in the way we approach these, these, these challenges. Absolutely. And, you know, when you say that, you said like 97 percent of the money that um, that you receive comes from people that look like you. It leads me to uh, to the next step. How long does that dollar stay in your community? You know, that 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 is a, a that's a fantastic question um, for me. Um I pay center point. I pay XL energy, <laughs> you right. know, and those bills and things of that nature. But, you know, I, I was having a conversation with the mayor uh, of Minneapolis, who's a friend of mine. And, um, you know, I, I told him I, I don't go downtown very often. I don't have anything against downtown, but my wife and I, 
we used to use Quicken, and we realized one year we had spent something like $24,000 over the course of the year at various places in downtown Minneapolis, dining and game, you know, whatever. And it, it, it made me realize something like, whoa, we we really aren't spending money in our community at all. And the places that we go to don't necessarily even reflect us. So now I'm very, um, very cautious about where I spend my money. So how, how, how much of that money stays in the community, I guess I couldn't really count. Um, but I would say I'm very cognizant of the fact and, and I don't spend a whole lot of time and or money outside of my community. But you're um, mentally accounting intention. for it. I mean, that's the first step. I mean, you you already see in your mind that you and your wife spend about $40 a day um, that you can identify that goes outside of your community. At least last year, you saw that. So mm-hmm. now you're taking the next step and you're trying to, you know, keep it uh, within. I was uh, actually watching uh, Killer Mike. He was on, uh, he's got a Netflix special and he talks about uh, money in the community. And have you, have you seen the statistic about how long money stays in our community? Well, it's like an hour. (laughs) Okay. Asian communities, it stays in like 26, 27 days. Uh, Jewish community, it's like 21 days. The white community, it's 23 days. And the black community, it's six hours. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it, it's amazing. Yeah. But the first thing you said was that it, you know you got to pay the energy company, which we don't own. You got to pay all these yeah. other institutions and uh, organizations, agencies that we don't own. Um, and it's you know opportunities there. Yeah, it is, and 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 you know I think a big part of it is the conversation, right, and bringing up the point of. Look, so so th- here's something that we did uh, in 2016. Brothers and sisters love happy hour on Fridays, and I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the weekend like some people are. I guess that's because I don't I don't work five days a week, five days on, two days off. Kind of thinking, so most people, you know, can't wait till the weekend. I get it, but what typically happens, you know. Friday is happy hour. So you go and you meet up with your colleagues or your friends or whoever somewhere, have a drink or whatever. Most times those places are not in our community. So I'm like, you know what, as a challenge, I'm going to say, because we have a a pretty decent patio like outside of our spot. Mm. So I'm like, for free, what we want to do, we're going to have a BYOB every Friday. You bring whatever you want to drink. We can order food from wherever you want to order. Food trucks. Uh, food trucks, whatever. All right, all right. And we are going to intentionally um, get together amongst ourselves, and we are not going to go because this is what happens, and I broke it down. Look, if you go and you get, I don't know, say two, three martinis, you go get some wings and do whatever, whatever. By the end of the night, you've probably spent somewhere between 100 150 bucks. If it's 10 of us out, we just spent $1,500. Mm-hmm. Versus if we intentionally say, you bring something, you could share, you whatever, whatever. Now it's 10 of us got together and we might have spent 250 300 and we had a better time because we heard music that we chose. Mm. In an environment that reflects us um, and effectively, if we're smart, we took the difference and invested it in ourselves or stocks or whatever you choose. But beyond that, you start to get to the fact that we are culture and you can start to choose because that, that, that's how you pro not, not protest, but that's how you choose uh, uh, to start being amongst yourself and keeping your money in your community. You have to think of smart, creative ways. And then eventually you can start building the businesses and so on and so forth. Um, but you got to first stop by always going outside of your community to have a good time. I want to talk so much about that. I want to unpack a lot there, but can we promote this a little bit? I mean, hopefully some people in your neck of the woods can hear this podcast and they come to your event. Uh, Can you, can you drop like an address, a a date and time, something like that so we can get some bodies to show up? Oh yeah, man. Like, so we're at 1500, 
44th Avenue North in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Camden Town, as we call it. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this Camden Town concept. I'll, I'll talk to you about okay. that. But um, at most Fridays, you know, we get together. Um, and we send links and stuff like that when we're going to do it. Um, and we just throw our own uh, events. I mean, that's the beauty of the Black Barbershop. It's the epicenter of a community. Uh, and it's also the beauty in owning real estate because nobody can put you out. Nobody can tell you what you can and can't do. Right. Um, yeah. So look, February 1st, Camden Town, about to be popping. Come to the shop. Yes. <laughs> Eight o'clock. What oh, time? What time? Oh, we do it. At, uh, we, we we normally start like 6 p.m. Right. Yeah. Come through. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, but you were talking about uh, building businesses and just uh, basic community building. Do you think that communities are failing because we are out of touch within our own community? There's a disconnect internally. We don't know who does what, who has what skills and who can offer us um, the, these skills services in our own communities. Yeah, I think there is a disconnect. I think the first, the biggest, the most important part of it is it takes a, a decolonized mind, right? Okay. Before you can ever even get to any of the other parts of it, you 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 gotta stop thinking that the the other community's ice is colder, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, when you get past that, because you know there's a lot of brothers and sisters um, who. The the way things work is you uh, if you and I've experienced this you know I have friends who've gone to gifted and talented courses I, hell I was in AP English I get it they start to kind of remove you and make you feel like you're different right like you're special mm. and and then you go and you start to go to these upper bounds and these kinds of things and then they, what college do you want to go to we're going to invest in you get a scholarship and now you're in school and you're with people who some of them look like you, some of them don't. Um, and then you go for the internship and you get like punch drunk with the concept of I'm doing great stuff, right? I'm different. I'm, I'm a special nigga. Right. Uh, and then you, you, you come out of school and now you got to deliver, right? Mm-hmm. So your main focus is making sure you do well for the people who believe in you and you get that direct deposit. You move downtown or to wherever the place of prestige Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) And now you're in that world, you know, Um, and, and, and the reality um, to me is the, 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 the ones of us who, have the ability to do business or whatever 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 they see in you you know learn that be in that world whatever but live amongst people who look like you invest in your community buy a duplex right live don't don't live high on the hog i'm not telling people to don't go work in corporate america i'm saying don't be colonized and you go work in wherever you work and you learn and you come back and you invest in the environment that reflects you um, and you teach other people who may not necessarily have been in upper bound, right? Like how to manage money, what cash flow looks like, what inventory management looks like. And then you build those, you helped to build, you help to build those businesses and you make your community thrive. That, that to me is the real point of, of all of it. Um, as opposed to this idea of like, I made it good luck. Hope you do too. Um, you know that that I'm not a big fan of. No, I um I mentor young people, and one of the things that um I like to tell them is that sometimes it's it, there's no shame in going back where you earned your rhythm, and not living where you learned your blues. Say that right. I like it. So I mean, I like it. I definitely understand that, um, and I think that's a good uh, strategy and tactic. Um, it's important to to understand that um, we learn these skills not just for ourselves. 
And I know that that was something that I learned over time, just in my journey in life. And I, I take a lot of pride in being able to give back a lot of pride in being able to help others because the, the skills are real. The skills will never leave you. Education is what will stick with you for a lifetime. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's been my uh, greatest takeaway from just my um, educational and professional journeys, you know, just being able to have transferable skills to help and grow other people in uh, many communities. So um, definitely good stuff. Um, I know I also wanted to kind of, I want to get to Camden town. I want to, I want to learn more about uh, your neck of the woods. Um, but I also had a few questions to you just, you know, as uh, men in our communities on things that we could do to, to grow um, and, and to plant uh, seeds for growth for others. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you don't mind me asking your perspective or your opinion, opinion, do you think that we can identify areas where we as men are failing um, to, to help those that come after us, you know, our future generation? Yeah, no doubt, man. I uh, so we have this thing up here uh, in Minnesota uh, that we have uh, at a, a high school, Henry High School. Um, it's called a hundred black. Yeah, men. I, I, I've happens. been a mentor for hundred black men in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, I'm I'm in partnership with a cohort this year, um, and we're doing red, white, and blue Black Excellence t-shirts and going to the Capitol. So the optics of a three, well, it's going to be 300 total between the young men and the grown men. Uh, black men at the Capitol in red, white, and blue t-shirts, right? We, we are the flag. Like our, our ancestors earned this right. But the speech that I planned on giving to um, the men who are coming in is this. We cannot afford to have like these cultural pop-ups, right? The optics of you popping in and popping out, they don't work. Mm. Mm. You say you, you, you don't play part-time dad. <laughs> no, that doesn't yeah. work. Right. Right? That can't that can't it can't work. Um and and I understand the struggles that brothers have uh with family and job and career and all that i get that but you can't show up like the news agency in the hood you know you don't live around here these 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 young men need to see you you need to see the value in building up the community from which you come right like who is your daughter gonna marry or your son gonna marry what 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 happens, God forbid, you know, we have another Holocaust, right? Wow. Polish has to identify with Polish. Uh uh and we're I'm just talking about Europe right now. I'm not even talking about America. Right. But most times, and this is very unfortunate, and this is why I say you have to have a decolonized mind, because black men their black experience but they leave their community as a result of a meeting exactly that's the only way that you can what say does that say it, right is to disconnect what does you that have say? to disconnect that's that's how you stay <laughs> in a graduate say? of upper bound that's how you legitimize that college experience is that you're not going back <laughs> yeah what is it what right. what does that say that says that we aren't good enough mm. that says that where i come from ain't good enough Right. Absolutely. Most 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 times when you see a brother or sister or even like LeBron, say, for instance, he's going to do a documentary. Where is the Negro going back to? He's going back to Akron. He's going back to the hood. But he don't live there. Right. And so I just think it's it's going to require and it's incumbent upon those of us who who have done well and who are doing well to remember you only a thumbs throw or four or five paychecks or a stock market crash mm-hmm. from needing to go back away from you understand what I'm saying so that um, 
do it by choice. Don't let it be by force. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and also, you know, it, that's purpose to me. That's like, you know, if you're a student of the Bible, who did Jesus hang with? Exactly. Right? Like if you, you. if you understand the Torah, if you understand the Quran, I mean, like, right. you know, so and even Mahatma Gandhi, who was a very um, uh, up and coming lawyer, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these people uh, at some point understood where I was going. Barack did it. Like, I mean, but Barack. But who, who, who really, uh, who, who, who really goes on that journey? Um, I, I think that there's a uh, an element of soul searching. If you, uh, what we, what you call it, go back. Um, I don't think that you go back unless there's, for most of us, right? Unless there's something that you're looking for. It's not a pride in going back. It's no yeah. one, you know, I love, I mean, look at all the rappers from Compton. They love yeah. to talk about uh, Imperial. They love to talk about Crenshaw, Rosecrans, and every block that we know of, uh, Lamarck Park. They love to talk about it, but no one lives there. They live in Calabasas. They live in uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills. They live in, uh, what, Torrance, yeah. you know what I mean? Like La Brea. They live yeah. um everywhere but but it's always celebrated and and you do make a really good point um it's it's not good enough um i mean it's it, it's it's because it's um i really think there's a responsibility i think going back uh is is a sense of rising what a strong tide rises all boats you have to help all boats everyone um and 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 i think that as men we really, I think, take that too seriously. We think that it is our responsibility to to be our brother's keeper in every instance, instead of, like you say, participating in our communities, being leaders in yeah. our communities, examples in our communities. It's so much simpler and, 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 and realistic, but it's not something that many of us charge ourselves with. So I applaud you for, for, for leading the trend as a, you know, a man... Who, who is amongst uh, his community and representative of his community, do you feel that there's a, um, can you see your effect? Is there visceral um, evidence of your presence helping your community? You know, I like to think so. Um, I don't want to be so. You're humble, bro. You're humble. It was it was it was, a, it was a very direct question. No, I mean that's, yeah. that's why I asked. Yeah, I, I would like to think so. I think um, I think um, the the, the a, a good example which I shared with someone tonight um, was uh, last week uh, the high school that I, I I attended as a youngster. There were three major incidences of violence. There were, uh, well, one, a young man who had uh, played AAU with a lot of these um, young men who were on the team uh, was murdered um, in a in a city outside of Minneapolis, but he was from where they're from. So just the trauma that those young men experienced, right? You're hanging with somebody one day, the next day they're dead. And you're thinking about, like, that's me. That could be me. Uh, a, a couple days later, right outside the school, someone's car gets shot up. Right outside the school. Then, the last day that kind of brought all this stuff to head, um, there were so North High has a, a, a open uh, lunch policy, so the kids can go off campus. I think the 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 I don't know if it's all the kids, but like the. 10th through 12th grade or something like that. Yeah, they can go off campus for yeah for uh, lunch. Mm-hmm. Like an hour. So three of uh, the basketball players, they were either going from or returning to the school, uh, and they were shot at. Uh, and three, two of the bullets came through the glass in the school. Mm. So this is a, a, a the area that that all the kids come out of the door. So at any point, someone could have been coming out. Right. Thankfully, you know, through God's blessing, yeah. no one was coming out. But the experience and the, the, the fear and all that stuff was real. And so uh, the coach, Coach Larry McKenzie, who was very, like, uh, 
very much like a father figure to a lot of these men. And also a friend of mine, and we're doing some work together this year. He called me and he says, Houston, I need your influence. We're having a prayer circle and we're having a press conference and I need the mayor there. So I need you to see if you can make that happen. So um, I sent the mayor a text message because, you know, we we're friends, you know, and um, he told me, you know what, I'll clear my schedule for you, bro. Whatever you need, I'll be there. And he was there. He supported those young men. He didn't grandstand. When he was asked to talk, he talked. When the rest of the time, he just stood there in the cold and shivered like the rest of us. Mm. But that was an example, I think, of influence and effectiveness in terms of bridging gaps and showing the importance, not only of being able to be in solidarity with your community, but also I think it's important to have, because look, we praise all of the mafia families and the Godfather, we love to see Don Coleone and all these people hanging with senators and doing all they do. Right. But then when the brother has political connections, we call them sellouts and all of a sudden. Right. Where you can't traverse this, you can't traverse this whole scenario without making friends in high places and different. But you've got to keep it all the way to where you're focused on how they can help you and how you can help them. And my primary focus is my community. As I've told Mayor Fry, I'm focused on North Minneapolis. So I think that, you know, like examples like that, it seems to be that there's some effectiveness. But, you know, again, I don't want to be just, you know, blowing smoke up my own tail, you know. Um, I mean, but the proof's in the pudding, like you just said. Um, It's it's breaking down, um, destigmatizing um, preconceived notions of clout, power, political corruption. Um, it, it does not make your political alliance weak or make the, your political partner corrupt because they have ties in the community, but that's what we perceive. Sure. Um, we, 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 we see it as negativity because uh, what you say, we're not good enough. We, yeah. we assume that, that, that there has to be some kind of malintent but being that example breaks, I, I think, is, is, is strong for communities. And, you know, I, I think of another point. Um, do you feel that communities are getting younger? Um, I just feel like maybe it's just my journey, maybe because I'm getting older. But we are out there. We're in our communities. And it, I just remember when I was young, it seemed like everybody was so much older. It seemed like the men that were leading the community were in their fifties, their sixties. They they had gray hair. <laughs> they were, you know, they were walking on canes. They were old. Yeah. And now I think that you know activism has just gotten so much younger. Do you do you see that in your community? Oh yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, there was a young man that um, he he worked at the barbershop and he led the change the name movement of of his high school. Because uh, mm-hmm. Henry, you know, uh, Patrick Henry was a former slave owner, so mm-hmm. he's a young, you know, he's sixteen years old, and he's right. led that movement. You know, I so yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, hell, a bunch of our newly elected um, city council members are are in their either early thirties or even in their twenties. So, yes, definitely. definitely. I, I don't know when when that happened, but I mean, it, I, I'm all for it. Um, I think that we went from a point where we were distrustful of of young people. And now I think the wave has kind of turned to where we are distrustful of, uh, of the older folks, you know, that, that, that old clout is not what we want because they're disconnected. Going back to our original point about people being so far removed from the community that we have to go back to the grassroots to really see that quick change. Our generation's about, uh, a fast turnaround, and I think that it's going to lead to good things. I, th- I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, if you're a student of the Bible, or, uh, or you know, I always look and I, I quote uh, a lot of times, <laughs> sometimes to my benefit, sometimes to my detriment, you know, that the child shall lead, right? And, right. Um, 
uh, one of my favorite movies, which, you know, I've learned, I, I just, I just, I, I really get a lot of game from this movie, The Godfather, when... I knew you was uh, going to say The Godfather, and I take you to the mattresses. What you going to say? We're lying. Uh, well, you know, it's when Vito was saying, when they, they, asked, they turned to him and asked him a question. He says, do you trust me? They say, yeah. He said, go talk to Michael. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing, I'm gardening. I'm over here. Go talk. I trust my son. And then he counseled his son in private, right? But in the public, it was always he's the leader, even though I'm still present. And I wow. think that that's, that's a lot of what our elders have struggled with. Wow. You, 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 still, you still have a lot of clout. Because think about this. Dick Cheney, they say, was the most powerful vice president of all time. Yes. Which meant that he counseled George Bush, Bush. And more times than not, George Bush probably went with what Dick said. 95% so, of the time, there's, there's a clear paper trail. Like, it right. was unprecedented. Yeah. But think, he was still the president. So I always tell my OGs, like, look, you, and I'm that guy, I'm from the South. And so I, I, I feel like you always have to be subservient, no matter how, how major you get. I have mm-hmm. at least two or three or four people that I will forever be subservient to. If the spoon comes, I won't reach out and get it before them, and I won't pour my drink before them I, forever. doesn't matter what happens to me in life. And so oh. you, you, I think that you, you – but, but, but those OGs have to understand that it's their turn now. I can still be influential because mm-hmm. you talk to them, but you allow them to lead. And I think that's some of the, the strife and the struggle where we have some, some of our elders who haven't necessarily um, got the prominence that they necessarily want, so they haven't been able to, like, exit the stage gracefully. Um, and so there's, like, the, you know, the, <laughs> the little lions fight. I mean, the, well, I shouldn't say little, but the, the, the younger lions fight <laughs> the older ones. But... I, I, I think it's necessary, man. We live in a different world. There's a different language. And we're in an era of urbanization urbanization, and, and globalization. And it's moving. Um, and you have to be so in tune with what's going on. If you're not, uh, it makes you ineffective uh, as a leader. So, so with that, uh, we're talking about leadership. What are we telling showing or doing for our sons to to take the torch when the time comes for us to pass it to them uh sons and daughters uh for 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 that um you know um what are we doing for the next generation what how are we going to handle this transition because people are getting so young everything is happening 20 years to the prior to what i remember i mean (laughs) honestly i didn't i i haven't seen myself uh, being in the path that I've been on for the last decade, um, and I'm and I'm thankful for it. But how how am I cementing? Let me rephrase that. How can I move from cementing my legacy to creating an example for someone else to cement theirs? Yeah, that's 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 a very eloquent and great question, and. Um... Even thinking about that, and I, I'll say for me, at, at least how I try to tackle it is um, how how I learn is by being around um, men who are doing whatever they were doing, right? Mm. Like, so when I was when I was young, my my uncle and my father were drywall contractors. Okay, and in Mississippi, in the eighties, Mississippi is a flatland state, and so um, it was being developed at a very rapid clip. There was booming economy, and so you got all this flat land, and they were bulldozing trees and making suburbs like nobody's business, right? So you had folks who were framers and drywallers, and cementers, and bricklayers, and so on and so forth. Now, uh. Just like when I mean, you think back to slavery days, how you see, you saw little kids picking cotton. I mean, they were like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, they learned the trade of 
cotton. Now that is not a great example, but it's the reality of what was happening. Sure, these babies were learning real life. It was menial work, but it was work that was done. Agricultural time. So, no, I mean that's yeah, yeah, all day long. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a lot of money in agribusiness. I'm from Missouri. So I mean, oh man, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's it's huge business, huge, and, and 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 so when I was, you know, uh, eight, seven, six, I would go to the job sites. Now my mom or my aunt or somebody would come and pick me up after a couple hours of being out there. But by the time I was twelve, I had to go like the big boys. So when they went to work at six, you went to work at six and you stayed till they came home. Right. And they found something for you to do. You know, you didn't obviously, you had, we didn't, I didn't have the skills to do their work. Right. Uh, but I did all the grunt work and different stuff. You did a little bit of job. Yeah. And so two, a couple of things was happening. One, I was learning work ethic. Mm-hmm. Two, I was learning a skill. Uh, and three, I was learning that there, there's no Calvary coming for you. Right. A lot of the moms and fathers today, they give their kids pacifiers. There's always a rescue. You know, it's like, yes, you're lifting weights and you should do 20 reps. Basically, they say when the kid does four reps, we incentivize quitting now. And it's it's, all day long. I I don't understand it. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but 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 so 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 the reality is. How I was taught was through seeing and then doing and then reinforcement because everybody was on the same page, right? Like your mom doesn't come and take you and Ray and say, you're being too hard on them or whatever or whatever. And so years later, I built a, a multi-million dollar construction company, never went to school for, 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 for architecture. Never worked as a job soup on a big company, just because of those teachings, right from a pup, and then seeing men who had enough gumption to believe in themselves, and then seeing it again and again and again and again. I just believe I could do it too, and then I did it. And so I think that that's some of what's missing is um, you're informed by just being around. I mean, could you imagine? Just say, someone says, you get to follow Kobe Bryant all day, every day. There's nothing particularly going on, right? There's no, um, what, there's no, it's just, you hang with this guy. Right. So what happens, the way that guy does life, you're learning about uh, all kinds of different things. You're learning about uh, um, um, you know, being uh, having a routine, you know, um, having the the discipline, uh, the stick to itiveness, right? Like all of these things you're learning, you can apply that to anything. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And I think that we don't have enough of, or we don't feel like it's important enough for people just to be around folk in regular everyday in summertime. To me. You know, I don't have, um, but if I did, it's summertime, yeah, you get to play um, probably like from four o'clock to nighttime, but in the day, there's a, you don't, you're, there's a curriculum, but it's, it's real life stuff. You're in the garden or, you know, you're uh, uh, volunteering or something like that. And I think that that's critically what these youngsters are missing these days. And that's why a lot of that, um, that there's that disconnect. They don't have the hands on, which kind of leads me yeah. to my uh, next question. And I mean, I know it's a big part of your mission. Generational wealth. Um, as someone who's, you know, learned um, agribusiness as a young man and combined that with a formal education, uh, complemented that with, um, with, with your own soft skills, your degree, um, and then to have a vocation, um, you have so many different dynamics. So it seems like you would be the perfect person to ask, um, is that how we create generational wealth? Is to, is to learn 
everything that's out there um, and learn how to make money on all ends, uh, both as a business owner, uh, as well as a consumer, as well as an employee. And I'm assuming you also invest. Oh, absolutely. You know, the foundation of all wealth, right, is land ownership. Mm -hmm. And most families, you know, it's kind of like some of these kids, um, and they could be from any race. Sure. But the 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 audacity to act as if you're so special when as a friend of mine says you were born on third base right <laughs> and you're acting like you hit a triple right right i'm the guy that i got way more respect for the cat or the young lady who was born into difficulty and scrapped and worked and figured it out and grinded and decided because they have this intuitive kind of like uh, 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 scrappiness that is so much more necessary and it's going to take you so much further. So I always say in generational wealth, okay, that's something that we should provide our, our youngsters is a boost up. There was a graphic I saw uh, uh, two days ago and it was uh, there were two kids climbing a tree. One black, one white. The black kid had um, like it showed like two men Um, but the man's arms were wrapped around his stomach and they were holding right as he was climbing the tree and the white kid the, 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 the father had his hands under his butt, boosting him. So so it was like, wow, okay, this is, and, 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 and that's a lot of times what happens. You, we started a deficit emotionally, socially, financially, and you're just trying to catch up to get to a, 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 you know, on the pH scale, they say zero, you know, and you go, you know, seven or 14, depending on your alkaline or you buy. We just trying to get to zero. Right. You know, I don't even you don't want to be negative seven. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and now you're trying to get to zero. And then by the time you get to zero, you're 35 or 40 and you got three kids. Right. And then you're trying to move, you know. And so to me, generational wealth um, is one about, okay, how does this generation get to zero or at least like plus two? Uh-huh. So, when the next generation comes, they're at plus four. And so there's this boosting effect as opposed to you got to catch up. And then it's imparting all that wisdom around, yes, formal education is phenomenal. If you got the keys and if you've been getting the right information, do not assume you're special because you went to college. Do not assume, right, like you're not like some elite person because you got a degree or because you live at a certain address um, is to share with them purpose and then all this action and the more you have as the Bible says um, to whom much is given much is required and all these kinds of things um, that what I would try to impart and I think is important is in, in, in this whole generational wealth equation is what is the family's legacy and how do you fit into that equation? And how are you going to help us notch up? How are you going to help us build this story? And so when you have children, right, like you feel um, an opportunity to the linear, not necessarily just to yourself. Um, and, 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 and for me, that, that informs behavior. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Speaking of families, um, before the show, I did a lot of different research and there's just a lot of interesting things about, you know, our family um, units. Do you do you do you think that I know that restoring the black family is um, critically important and I just want to share with you some statistics that I found. Uh, Yeah. It, it kind of surprised me, but it's, these are the living arrangements of children under 18. There are about 50 million children living with two parents, which is, which is great. But yeah. if you look at 
the the amount that are living with a single mother, it's close to about it's seventeen point two million that are living with just a mother. And then when you go mm-hmm. further, this is what really got me as a man. The numbers are pretty much equal for the amount of kids that have a single father as the amount of kids that have no parent at all. About three million. There's six times as many kids that live with that single mother as kids that don't have parents at all or just live with their dad. And I mean, that's a, a huge gap. It's a big disparity. Um, but why are our, our families not surviving? Yeah. That, that, that is, so, you know, let me, let me say this. Um, and, and one of my brands is uh, Black Excellence, okay. um, which is really about um, changing the narrative right, around what it means to be Black, period, but what it means to be Black in America and uh, hopefully understanding um, what we are and have always been as a people prior to anything being said about us or taken from us. But I always say there's three things I believe <clears throat> that are really hindering the black family from truly, truly thriving again. And the first and the foremost is the breakdown of the black family. You have so many young men and young women, young women, the first man that ever hurt them, by and large, is their dad. Mm. Right? Yeah. So think about that. If my father, the one that gave birth to me, abandoned me, how can I ever trust anybody else? So the whole concept of trust and what it means to be married or what it means to be connected to somebody, there's always a skepticism. So it's really hard to build a relationship. Um, and then consequently, you know, um, with a, with a, with a young, with a, with a man, you know, my mom was there, but I didn't get taught how to be, uh, uh, um, uh, affectionate or intimate or emotional or whatever it is, you know, you, whatever it is that, you know, a young guy is going through. And so you get, com- as you know, they say confusion, hooking up with confusion, right? Um, and then you try to make something of that. <laughs> and and I think that that's a part of why statistics are so glaring, especially in our community. Um, but, you know, um, the second thing um, is mental health, you know, and like, you know, this trauma that has existed and we're not whole when we enter into these relationships. And the third thing is our perversion with paper money. Oh, wow. You think that that is... I absolutely agree with that third point as well. It's yeah, it's a perversion with paper money, right? Like you we grew up and how many of these young women, you know, gorgeous. Right. A guy could come along, he could be the most scumbaggiest of the scum. Mm-hmm. But he got that paper though. But it, but if he got that bag, she going. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. And then commercially <laughs> particularly and then conversely the guy assumes because he got that bag he don't have to do nothing else right you don't gotta he he doesn't though her mother taught her that she knows that her friends confirm that it's um yeah yeah and so to me those three things right there are what has destroyed us and it's what continues to hold us back um, you really have to get liberated from 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 that stuff before to me where you can truly be healthy and create something new um because if somebody my my mentor always told me because people always assume that oh you're gonna be a politician one day or whatever whatever whatever, and he even assumes that, and I am a businessman, I don't know what God has for me, but as at this point in my life, the last thing I'm thinking about is politics right um but but he told me explicitly do not ever let anybody ever accuse you of being corrupt 
or do not be on the take. I don't care what it is. And that's good advice, but it but it's true because if you ever start to fall for, you know, this desire to make money or come up, they got you. Right. And you know, um that's just, you know, I mean it's 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 heavy, man. It's heavy, you know, it's it's real stuff. I just appreciate you taking the time and just kind of sharing your perspective with us. I think that we covered a lot of really good bases. You, um, you've given me a lot of uh, good information to digest. I know someone's listening to this and I hope someone uh, in your neck of the woods is uh, listening so they can um, definitely connect uh, with you, learn from you and grow um, under your tutelage. Uh, before I, before we sign off, do you have any uh, social media or uh, websites uh, anywhere or even a, a address to the shop phone number where people can get connected to you? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, so uh, we are at hwmr.co. That's our website. Um, on Facebook and Instagram, hwmr.usa. Um, our physical location, we're in Camden Town, North Minneapolis, 1544th Avenue North. Um, so definitely get connected, plug in. We're always trying to do innovative things to build community um, and just get the word out and kind of shift the narrative and move our community forward. Man, definitely check, check, check the brother out. Go to the shop, support the business, support the movement. Um, a good dude. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out with me today. Um, you know, if you uh, want to catch up with the show, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Chubby Idris Elba. Follow the uh, Facebook page as well, Modern Black Man. Uh, the podcast uh, will be back uh, really soon, but we definitely got to have Mr. Houston White back on again. So, um, let's plan that next episode. No doubt, man. I appreciate it. What you're doing is, uh, is extremely important. In my opinion, this is like new media, right? Like you right. control the narrative, you shift the narrative, you give the information from your perspective. Um, an extremely wise young man, way beyond your years. And I appreciate you taking the time out and inviting me on. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and we're going to get you back. Uh, we're going to cover a, a, another topic. We're, we're definitely going to, uh, you know, trend deeply on uh, something for us to digest. So no the next episode. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Till the next episode, y'all. Peace. Peace.